Hi, Coco. Stole the one machine. Welcome to the show, Coco. Thanks for waking up so early. Yeah, I actually just took a nap because I was up all night. So, I closed my eyes to re-energize. Hey, Coco, you work hard. Eh? You work hard, Coco. <laughs> you work hard. But what gets you up in the morning so early, Coco? Um, I get up at night till early hours of the morning. Uh, so, it's so interesting because we Yes, um, And sometimes I'm most optimal you know, throughout the night and, you know, during, you know, during the day. I I sometimes don't sleep because I'm so busy. So when I, you know, who's a good thing, But what, what gets me up is when I have to do something that has to do with this work and that has to do with teaching, that has to do with awakening Africans that themselves, then that gets me up irrespective of how long I've slept. Sometimes in another two hours and I have to be up to go to something and in the morning. But if it has to do with what I'm called to do, it seems it feels very seamless. It's not it's 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 not something that's a drag. I don't drag myself out of bed. Sure. Because many of us Coco will always ask this question. You don't sleep much, but you will be busy the whole day with the same level of energy if not more, is this a special gift that people like you have? No, I think people like us have what we call awareness and mindfulness. So we don't speak, we don't we don't conform to societal expectations of free patterns. But when the body needs to rest, give the body rest. So if he has a and there's a time during the day where I feel like my body needs to recover, then I will sleep. And I will recover because my work is not a nine-to-five type of work. It's working with what the moment is requiring, and be, you know whatever that's being asked of you, you'll be able to give. So I do get sometimes during the day to to sleep or take a nap. Would I be correct, Gako, in saying that uh, your work is literally twenty-four hours? You you're always on yeah. call. Yeah, no, you, your work is, is sometimes I'm sleeping during the day, and then somebody is. Something is happening, lying. I would wake up. So somebody's going into a trance, for example, because I'm a Sangoma, so it means I work with also Sangoma students. So I would, my my system is quite awake all the time. I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll immediately wake up. I won't get somebody saying, hey, you know, wake up. Somebody thought they will have to come and wake me up. That is so interesting. And my dream ended at exactly a 12 minutes past four, three minutes before my alarm went on to go. You know, to wake myself up to do this interview. Huh. Okay. So it's like with people like us, you know, you, your 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 spiritual compass is it's, it's much more alert than your body compass. And because I believe I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, so that is what drives me. Also, given the fact that not only do you practice as a Sangoma in your own right, but you are imparting a lot of knowledge that also gets you up and gets you going because the different students you have have got different approaches in terms of how you need to help them. Yeah. And my students are not only my students within the space in which I work, but the students are also the students of 
South Africans out there, the world at large. So there's a lot of people who I impact knowledge on. So that because I have found my purpose, and once you find your purpose, you know, work does not become a duty. It becomes a call. And when the calling calls, you hear it. Huh. Is there ever a day, Goku, where you can just disassociate yourself from work and have me time? Yeah, I need to give myself permission. I did that last week Sunday. Wow. I yeah. Could ne- I, could and, never and s- I could never see it because even if you, you, you say you relax, maybe somebody calls on the phone, wants something, you're running around, sorting things out, giving instructions or advice. Uh, no, no. I think that discipline because uh, great leaders in the world and people who do the most amazing work and do, you know, create legacies, mm. you know, are able to decline minimal requests and only pay attention to the things that are important. I came across something, um, you know, that Bill Gates actually takes a week off uh, out to go read and doesn't take calls from family members doesn't take calls from, from work from anyone, but that is where to recharge, and that's where, where the, some of the most innovative Microsoft ideas came across, and I thought, that's actually a brilliant idea. I took three days last year where I, I called it a you know, mini retreat where I didn't take calls from anyone, and I didn't do. And I came back so rejuvenated and reignited to continue to do this work. So I'm planning to take a week where I do that. So, yeah. Do you think uh, many of us will allow you to do that, Coco? Because as soon as you say bye-bye, we're like, Coco, come back. But it's not about people giving you permission. It's about giving yourself permission because, you know, even in the work that I'm in, you cannot give what you don't have. So if I'm tired, I can't give you my, my, my time. You know, my work requires me to be present all the time and not present in the physical sense, but I need to be alert. I need to be awake. So if I'm doing things for the sake of, of keeping up, people, you know, to keep you impressed or to excite you. So there's also radio interviews I decline. I don't do it. So I, you know, when I get requests, I look and I say, does this speak to, to me? Does it speak to the core of what I do? And I say yes or no. So, like, again, people who do, I think for me, I believe my work is legendary and I'm, I believe I'm called to do legendary work. So I need to, to do a lot of self-work to make sure that I'm in alignment with what I'm called to do. Otherwise, it's just go with the flow of, of anything and everything and you end up with nothing. Talking about legendary work, Gogo, many of us will agree with you on that score because you have been able to uh, put across that which many couldn't, uh, maybe because the timing was right or was wrong, maybe, maybe the approach was wrong, but you have been able to find audience, particularly with young people, to be able to understand where we're coming from, where we're going, and the older people who had almost given up on themselves to rediscover themselves. Yeah, true. And I think for me, you know, it also started with me accepting what I was called to do. When I became a Sangoma, there wasn't a lot of people out in the public platform speaking and celebrating this work as a gift. You know, every everywhere we went, when you went, you, you know, you said you had a Sangoma, um, it's either you'd get demonized by religions or you'd, you, you'd got mislabeled by society is something else. But when I when I took the decision to do it, I, I did it to make myself well and make well what is not well within so I can have a peace of mind. And I realized the power of, of, of the gifts that I was given and I didn't see it as a burden. So 
So the more I owned it for myself and I celebrated it for myself, I attracted people who saw it as a gift. So it wasn't me. I approved myself and I celebrated myself. And I, I, I shared this work with passion. And I talk about it because I see it as a beautiful thing and something to be celebrated as an incremental part of my African identity. There's nothing for me to be ashamed about being a Sangoma. So the more I did that, the more people could resonate. But I also realized that I was actually also given with the gift of, 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 of narration and, and, and to speak and articulate messages that people have not found words for before because there's no way where you can look and make reference and go read and understand what Ubungoma is about or what African spirituality is about because our narrative has been passed on, you know, from one generation to the other orally. So, I, you know, I realized that my, part of my calling is to be a voice so because I don't believe some of the things that I share or the wisdom that I tap into is, you know, with intellect, but it's, it's the divine intelligence that has been interested, you know, upon me in that particular time that I'm being engaged around and, the issues that I discuss. And, and Goko, you, you've also been able to make it, for lack of a better word, stylish. So much that even the way you dress, it, it, it shows colorfulness, <laughs> richness of the continent, pride and 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 the confidence that uh, we the confidence that uh, we need to have uh, as a people yes yes and i think it's, it's how you wear it you know um if you love something so much you do um in in in, in the way you talk in the way you walk you actually carry it with pride <laughs> Ooh, my course. Thomas <laughs> Anna, my course. so you, you know you you carry it with pride but there's people who are not used to it in that way and that question it. You mm. know, I, I once encountered somebody who looked at me and said, Hi, why are you wearing an is as a dress? You know, that's um, that's not right. That's not how it's done. And I said, you know, uh, that's my course. We have course in. So I'm a course in royalty and royalty radiates divinity. So it means how I carry what I do is how do I carry that royalty and that divinity at these times. In these modern times, the ancestors used to wear, you know, leopard and lion cloths, uh, uh, skins, and then we make them into cloths. So I make the cloths into outfits, you see, because that's how we innovate and that's how we become modern and that's how we become relevant. And it is not about westernization or anything, but it's about... In these times, in this modern time, if you are a corporate Sangoma and you still want to incorporate who you are, are you going to be carrying on, you know, layers and layers of cloth that might actually not look well put together? Or are you going to take those, those layers of cloth and turn it into something magical and something radiant and something to be aspired to? We're chatting to Coco Dineo Ndlanzi. She wears many hats. Coco, uh, your, your, your quest for knowledge and your never-ending uh, curiosity about how the world works and how you can impart knowledge and gain knowledge is amazing. Um, you have a bookshelf at home. I have many bookshelves at home. I actually, the other day, I posted on Instagram, somebody sent me a gift of flowers. And they said, go, go, we can see the library. So I've got like, I don't know how many books I've got next to my bed. I've got books in Dumbayni. I've got, you know, now I'm renovating in my house. But there's books everywhere in the house. Uh, knowledge is power. Yes, yes. And yes. this you've taken to lecture rooms. Yes. I mean, and some of the knowledge has been cultivated through readings that I've done. But 
Um, and that's what reading does. It cultivates or it ignites or it awakens something within. But some of it becomes very new for me. Every time I speak, I learn something new about the subject matter that I'm teaching about because I feel like I'm a vessel, you know, and there's a divine being that speaks through me so that some of this wisdom and knowledge that I impart is not mine or it's not learned from a book. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that uh, you are not focusing on one dimension of healing, but there's a few that you practice. Uh, tell us about that, Gok. Uh So, I mean, I regard myself as an African spiritual healer. And for me, the incremental part is both African and spiritual. And what do I mean by that? Meaning that everything is embedded in celebrating, affirming, and and we, you know, reigniting and moving with Africanism, and spirituality means that it's about things that are forever moving and changing, and it's not religion or tradition. So, and then I immerse myself in different healing modalities. So I, I would learn healing energy and find a way for it in African spirituality. I would learn a chakra healing and find a way for it in African spirituality. I learn meditation and find it because it's. If you look at it, if science has told us and proven that actually Africa is the cradle of humankind with the findings of Homunaledi, meaning that life began here, it means all forms of healing began in this continent. Even scientific medicine began in this continent. In, in this continent. So mine is to immerse myself because when you work with the human body, it's a very complex entity that is forever changing because of the environment, you know, the social norms, a lot of things impact the human well-being. So as a, as a healer, one has to you know, themselves in understanding those dynamics. As the human changes and shifts, your knowledge base also has to be advanced because you cannot be applying things of the 1800s without understanding what is their relevance in 2019. Sure. So it means your, your, your students, when they graduate, they graduate with so much knowledge and so many possibilities, so much that uh, it's up to them to really take it to the next level. Yeah, and I mean, the most important thing that I try and teach the students is to find their own inner compass and their inner power because you can you want something else that is not meant for you. So we are all called, but we are many of us are called for different things and we're not all going to be practicing within the same line of work. And if you can start to cultivate your own mastery, then you don't become a jack of all trades and do cut and paste and want to be like everybody else and move away from your your own path, you know? So it's to say while they're in here is to do the work and we're not only training them about Ubungo, but it's how do you raise your level of consciousness? How do you vibrate at a higher frequency where you can actually connect and be one with creator, God and your ancestors, because I don't believe that. My, my, my understanding is that our ancestors are not out there. They're within us. They're around us. They're spirit entities that mm. you know, are forever present. They never leave us. We just disconnect from them. So it's to really do different types of trainings that can actually fit the different needs of the human because we are composed of body, mind, and spirit. And how do we speak about diet? You speak about mental health. All those things play in a, a big role in making sure that Somebody, you know, comes out of the training process, you know, um, fully trained, but that, that, that does not guarantee that they're going to be successful because you can be taught something, but 
are you going to take it forward and are you going to apply it? Because nothing is also imposed. I don't impose anything. You know, I just yeah. plant seeds. And if you've done the work on yourself as well, and the seeds that I'm planting are being, are being tended to by the person who is receiving them, then those seeds are going to sprout and bear fruit. And uh, Coco, you're, you're an accomplished dancer too. Hey, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think that's my, I always wanted to be, it's funny, you know, it's like I look at my, this is the best thing, I, I, I feel always so blessed and, and, and honored to become a Sangoma because it feels like I'm living my dream, you know, like everything I aspired to, to do, you know, has come into one, one of them is I loved dancing and I wanted to be a dancer, but growing up I didn't believe I had enough rhythm or I was, you know, petite enough to do African contemporary dance because that's what I loved or, and, and and ballroom and Latin dancing. So I didn't believe I was competent to do it. But, you know, it's not about competency, but it's about just showing up and letting spirit guide you and, 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 and dance your heart out. Because dancing, is a, it's, it's one form of healing in our work. So it's, and it happened, huh. you know. And, and because I love it. When you do something that you love, how it comes across, people pick up the love and they sense the love. And, you know, love on its own is a healing energy. And, and, and if you create magic with love. Coco, because you're prosper time, please tell us about the Gogo Dineo Ndlanzi Institute of Spiritual Healing. So the Institute of Spiritual Healing, it's, 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 it, it, you know, it's kind of like a structure that we still, it's still very young. We're still building it. But it's where we can actually do public talks. And like you said, I do... I do lectures at, at some universities in the country, even outside the country. But it's really an institute and a hub that wants to remind Africans of their Africanness that connect them to their African ancestry and African roots. But it's also an institute that trains Sangoma students. But it's not an institute you can apply. So if you're listening to me and you've got a calling, you can't say, Coco, I heard you run an institute. How do I sign up? People who come and train with me are shown because the institute is just a structural thing to, to get ourselves organized. Mm-hmm. But the part mm-hmm. behind that is very much spirit-led. So your ancestors have to lead you to me. But if you want our services as an institute where you want to come for a consultation or you want us to come give a talk on African issues and African spirituality, then those services are you know, are sought after. How do we get hold of you, Goko? Because uh, I know we, we, you and I can talk the whole day, but uh, yes. time doesn't um, allow us. So but how can we get hold of you so that a lot of people can get one-on-ones with you and, and so forth? Okay, so all my social media handles are Goko Dinawa on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And we've got a website called com. And please be very careful because apparently I've got a Gazillion account. Even there's even a fake website with com, and the, you know the best way to verify that it's me if you DM me and you want me to send you a voice note that it's me I can send a voice note that it's me and my assistant is the one that makes the booking and, and, and she's female and I will not ask to meet you at some random place I've got a practice I practice in Cosmo City you know at a house and there are some of my students there as well so there's a lot of things that you could do for your own sanity and security check because there's been a lot of people who've been, you know, um, mm. exploited in, 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 in the name of Cocodineo, you know, saying you come and see Cocodineo and you you pay for the services because some people say, no, we will do miracles.